guys, welcome back to the Relaxed Running Podcast. Tyson Popplestone here, and what a day it is in Victoria today. Well, especially here in, in Point Lonsdale, Queenscliff. Mate, I'm doing this with my shirt off. I've just come in from sunbaking on the deck outside. I've, I'd love to tell you I've got a tan, but I'm not going to lie to you. Just because you can't see me doesn't mean I should lie, but I'm working on it. I'm working on it. By the time summer comes around, Mate, the goal is to, to look absolutely golden as I, as I jog along the beach here for the locals. <laughs> Listen to me. No one wants to see a runner body. The gyms have been closed as well, so the pecs aren't as big as they should be. The biceps aren't as big as they should be. But, you know, we just got to roll with the punches, don't we? A little bit of sunlight's worth celebrating today. So, man, what a start to the day. I got up and went for a little walk, uh, had a swim over in the water, uh, freezing still really bad idea but it's amazing to me how much my tank just feels refilled uh, when I when I actually get out and spend some time in nature and I was talking to Dave McNeil a little bit about this last week and he was explaining that coming back from the Olympic Games one of the uh, one of the things he was most excited to do most looking forward to doing was heading up to Queensland getting a camper van and and just going around to different nature walks and nature parks all around I think it was southeast Queensland he said he was in and just doing some running there. It's amazing when you start to become aware of the things that fill your tank, how how much you can look forward to those. So so a little bit from the conversation I had with Dave McNeil and, and, and I guess um, further enhanced by what I was thinking about on my run and swim this morning, I wanted to I wanted to talk with you guys a little bit about some areas in and around or outside of our running that can actually complement our running performance. Because I, I hear from so many of you guys each week who who are constantly asking training advice and I think it's a good thing obviously in a sport like distance running if you want to be good well you've got to get up daily and, and put in the work when it comes to the training track and and from what I hear nearly nearly everyone I speak to uh, loves well most of the time they they love their training you know we all have moments of uh, lacking motivation and moments where we can't really be bothered going through the motions but uh, if we're speaking generically, if we're speaking just as a, a as a bit of a, if you wanted to stereotype the distance running scene, I think one thing that we're renowned for and highly regarded for is our ability to to get up and train. In fact, uh, if you're anything like me, when I when I was competing as a distance runner, geez, I, I retired in 2014 now, so it's gone back a couple of years. But if you're anything like me, so much of my joy, so much my excitement, so much of my um, just feeling of enjoying day-to-day life was dictated on on how well I was running, which, I mean, it's a great experience when you're running really well, but when you, when you find that you're going through a, you know, a poor patch in performance, like you do in every area of life from some time, it can be a really disheartening way to, you know, to, to live your life. So uh, the, uh, the thing I wish I had spent some more time with when I was competing seriously is is what I want to talk to you about today, and that is that is just looking at six things outside of our running that we can use to actually complement our running performance. Now, some of these are quite close to training and you could even consider potentially training and, and other areas are more to do with mindset and the way that we look at the highs and the lows of the sport. And like I always say to you during these podcasts, it's not a, it's not a one size fits all approach. Maybe, maybe all of these will be perfect for you and there'll be, there'll be areas that you really need to focus on. Maybe there's two or three, but what I can tell you from looking at the list that I've written down and brainstorming it for the last couple of hours is that I think with a little more focus and a little more confidence or just a little bit more of an investment 
in these areas, not only is our uh, running going to improve, but our day-to-day life, our day-to-day life is uh, going to be more enjoyable. It's going to be not going to be so dictated just on running performance. Now, uh, as I say, it's not an all-conclusive list, and I'd love to hear any of your thoughts on you know uh, what areas of your life help complement your running performance. Because I know there's there's so many of them. If there's one thing that I've learned through doing this podcast, it's just that there's there's different strokes for, for different folks. Uh, myself, recently, I've taken up surfing. I say I've taken up surfing. I surf about once a week. And uh, it's just such a nice escape to be out there in nature, um, to be in the water, to be by yourself and focus on not only trying to stand up on this board, but overcoming the fears that come with seeing waves, which for me look monstrous, but to the 12 year olds that are around me, around me seem to be uh, uh, pretty, pretty comfortable. So, hey, let's go through this list. I'll share a few ideas. If there's anything in particular that you think we could add to this list, shoot me a message over at the Instagram page and uh, and let us know because I'd love to share that with with anyone else. In fact, next week, I might even before the, the interview starts, uh, I might even just spend a little bit of time going through some of the additional features that you guys have recommended that have worked for you. So, hey, with that said, let's, let's jump into it. The whole idea here, as I said, is uh, just to be able to try and complement your running with with a few areas um, in and around your running. So, uh, the the first one I want to point out is is this, and it's a little bit difficult in twenty twenty one at the at the moment. Anyway, hopefully things start to ease up a little bit in the next couple of months. But that's travel. Uh, I think one of the biggest things with our running is we get into such a routine of okay, so we get up on a Monday and we might have a longer, easier run, and then Tuesdays. A session day and then we've got a race locally in the next couple of weeks um, you know around the corner or we might have our local uh, park run 5k which is all really exciting but uh, if you're anything like me and my family my, my wife didn't really love coming to athletic events the idea of going to a running race wasn't all that exciting to her but she did it because she was a good wife she wanted to support me she wanted to cheer me on um, you know, she wanted to show that she cared, even though I knew she didn't. So one thing that we loved doing, and one thing that I know she really enjoyed, these are the moments when she enjoyed her, her like, or the running scene a little bit more than usual, was when I said, hey, you know what, let's plan to go interstate or to a new area, and I'll run a couple of races, and hey, we'll explore the town, we'll explore the city, we'll explore wherever it is we are together. So I've got so many great memories of this, both both um, you know nationally, just here in Australia, and internationally. There was a couple of times where we went down to Tasmania. I ran the Launceston 10K down there, but we made like three or four days out of it. So the the actual race, which got me up and about, and I was really excited to train for and be in a new place against some new faces, and uh, it was always exciting just to have a target and a, a little holiday at the same time. So. The, the, the reason that I was down there was obviously to do the race, but it took up less than like one-tenth of the amount of time that we were out there. So it turned out to be something that it was it was really good for our relationship. It was really good for us to travel about. It was really good to, for us to, to look forward to it. And then we've got even better memories. So in 2012, just after we got married, uh, we went across to the United States and we hired a camper van. Man, i got to show you some photos of this. But we had like this hippie camper van for a couple of weeks. And we lived like hippies. We were just sleeping in car parks and <laughs> wherever it is that we could find a place to park. But what was cool was as we drove around, I would I would select different races that I would like to run in different cities. And obviously it was exciting because having a plan as to you know where there was another race helped us dictate a little bit 
of the direction that we took when we were in that van. And I got an awesome memory of, they called it like the, the, what was it called? We're in San Francisco and it was like a road double. So we had to, we raced a a 10K and then there was about an hour and then we raced a 5K and it was a, a really tough event, but such a cool experience. So it's a great way to see different parts of different cities as well. I know, um, even if you're just talking about training, just being able to run around a new place and see fresh sights, whether it's in nature, around the suburbs, or in the city, or whatever, it's it's something exciting to be able to reward your hard training with. So if you hadn't thought about that, obviously, as I said, this is a little bit dependent on when things open back up, recording this in September 2021. Obviously, we all know what I'm talking about, this bloody COVID's stuffed us around a little bit with our plans to travel around but if there's something in the next 12 months that you might be able to aim towards even less than that hopefully put it in the diary have a chat to your partner about it have a chat to your family about it see whether it's something they might be interested in doing and and for you get excited about building up for that race and for them they can get excited about a holiday so travel is a really nice way to be able to break it up and get the family involved in what it is that you're doing the other thing I wanted to talk a, a little bit more about is is developing your mindset. So developing mindset, there's so many, there's so much talk out there at the moment, um, and I mean you only have to spend ten minutes on Instagram to see how much inspirational stuff there is. Now, I'm not talking about just uh, getting yourself all pumped up and getting yourself all excited just to be like, come on, yes, I can't wait to go for a run because. Well, personally, that just does my head in. It lasts for about 10 minutes and then my head gets tired. I want I want some really practical tools uh, to be able to help me through, uh, I want to say the highs and the lows of the sport, but the truth is the highs are pretty easy to hands, handle. It's the it's the lows of the sport that, that are more difficult. And so many of us, because we're so competitive and because we're putting in so much work in this sport, whenever we experience a result that was, you know, well below where we thought we were capable of running, or we experienced a, a result where we got beaten by people that we didn't think we should have been beaten by, or we're dealing with an injury, uh, it can be really easy to fall into the trap of just ruminating on on a really negative story that just goes around and around in our mind. I'm I'm sure you like me have have been there plenty of times and. Uh, the idea that uh, our our running can dictate our moods is, I mean, it's quite obvious that it could have a big impact. But but what I don't think we should overlook is our capacity to be able to actually change the way we see a particular event. Now, how do you do this? There's obviously a, a lot of different ways that you can um, go about uh, changing the way that you see the world, but uh, oh, to see the situation. But one of the most helpful ways that I've found over the last 10 or 15 years. I remember in about 2008, I was going through a little bit of a a, a tough time and uh, just feeling flat and anxious for for a variety of reasons. But I just, I thought I was just broken. I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I've just got depression and there's not much you can do about it. And so I was like, oh, surely that can't be right. So I went and had a chat to a psychologist who was recommended to me and he goes, oh, Tice, all that's happening after I explained to him what was causing the frustration and what was causing the anxiety that I was feeling at the time. He goes, oh, uh, first of all, I've got great news for you. I've got some really simple, practical steps that I can tell based on what you're saying are going to make a big impact on on the way you're feeling. And he went on to explain explain cognitive behavior therapy to me. Now, you might have heard of cognitive behavior therapy, but essentially uh, what cognitive behavior therapy does, it looks at the common thinking errors 
that you and I make. They're not exclusive to you. They're not exclusive to me. They're oh well. They're excuse, exclusive to humanity. We all fall into these traps um, to some capacity and at some time. And obviously, you know, when things are going tough in our life, they might be ramped up to to ten. When usually they're just at about a three or four. But essentially, what cognitive behaviour therapy (CBT) they call it. What it does is it recognizes the thinking errors that we're making. So it might be predicting the future, being like, oh my gosh, look how things are going. They're never going to get better. This is never going to improve. Uh, mind reading, so assuming that you know what someone around you is thinking. Black and white thinking or all or nothing thinking, where it's either I completely suck at running or I'm the best runner ever. There's no there's no gray. There's, a, there's about 10 or 15 different thinking errors that you and I make. Now, what CBT does, it, it helps us point those thinking errors out so that we can see where that um, that frustration in our running performance might be coming from or that frustration in our life might be coming from. So uh, there's a really great book that I recommend to you. It's I can't remember the author, but I think it's the only one on, on oh, uh, what is it, uh, Book Depository with, with this title. It's called Change Your Thinking. So it's a really simple practical approach that offers you uh, just steps to help you change the way you see the situation. So if you're injured, you're feeling down in the dumps, well, of course, that's a frustrating situation. But the way that we view that situation makes such a big impact on how we perceive its uh, place in the greater in the greater story of our of our running life or, or maybe you've been beaten and you know your mind's just running off into the oh crap I can't believe that guy beat me I can't believe that girl beat me they've never done that before I'm clearly getting worse my training's not working uh, so CBT does uh, what CBT does is go hey hang on a second so you write down that thought and then it goes okay you're mind reading you're predicting the future you're doing black and white thinking and then you write a response back to that thought and and you'll appreciate this just like just like training takes a little bit of time to see some really lasting results cbt takes a little while as well while the while the um the observation of what's taking place is immediate we we've needed uh, we need to take a little bit of time just to see the benefits of it. So I would say if that's something that strikes a chord with you, keep yourself accountable. I try, I try, I've been a little bit slack with this lately, but I try and do this on a daily basis. I consider it part of my my training routine, like my my mental training routine, where if I catch myself ruminating on, on any negative thoughts, which for me through this whole COVID period has been really easy to do, just getting frustrated at whoever and getting angry at whoever doesn't agree with me and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I just try and bring it back, write down the thoughts that I'm thinking, the thinking errors that I'm making, and then a more helpful response to that thought. And it's amazing how quickly your mood can change when you keep on top of it. And the good news is, while it's hard at the start, just like getting a training program going when you're new to the sport of running, it's hard at the start. Before you know it, it almost just becomes a natural part of your day. And it becomes a natural thing to be able to implement. It's not hard. You don't have to constantly just be on the lookout for negative thoughts it almost just becomes a natural part of the process. So if you need any more help with that, this is a big passion of mine. So feel free to shoot me a, a message and I can give you a whole heap of other tools that might help you there or at least put you onto someone that you might like to speak to through um, you know, little difficulties that we all face at some time. So there's a variety of ways that you can do it. But CBT for me has been one of the most helpful tools that, that I've been able to use. The third thing that I, I've written down here is, is maintenance. Now uh, I sort of touched on it at the start of this, the start of this chat that for us we're so good at smashing ourselves. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure whoever you're listening to in the car with you right now will confirm that you 
as a distance runner are probably very good at, at smashing yourself. You can go out, you can run hard, you can run long, you're probably really mentally strong when it comes to your training. Um, in fact, you can run until your body breaks down, which is, I mean, which is pretty incredible that you can you can ignore <laughs> all the all the signs in your body that say, hey, I need I need some rest, I need some recovery, I need some attention here. But also, if we're going for longevity, which is, is what we're about in this sport, the, the best runners uh, are the ones who can just keep showing up time after time after time and do their best to avoid injury. Obviously, we're all going to have injuries and niggles from time to time. But I think spending a little bit of time on maintenance is, is something which is really going to help us here. So what do I mean when I say maintenance? Well, a couple of the things that I started implementing and still do to this day is, is a quarterly blood test. So I like just to go down to the to the GP and and get like a really exhaustive blood test, looking at all the different um, you know vitamin levels and mineral levels or whatever it is that they look at, and just see all right how are my iron levels, what's my vitamin D like, how am I actually feeling, is my body recovering, is there anything that I'm lacking, how's my B12? Uh, if if there's if there's a few areas in those blood tests that are a little bit low, it's really helpful for me to be aware of because. Uh, when I was about 14 or 15, I constantly had trouble with, with low iron for a variety of reasons. And as a result, I was, I was sort of always on the brink of, or, or it seemed that I'd um, you know, had glandular fever without realizing it. And uh, my, my running performance as a result was obviously suffering. So went and got a blood test and, and just to hear the news that there was actually something going on in my body was, was really comforting because, you know, then there was iron tablets that I could take or there was supplements that we, we can take or there's, and, and the same is true for you. And the beauty there is once I started to get on top of those low iron levels, my energy levels started to pick back up, my running performance started to pick back up, but it was something that I just never would have known about if I was simply looking at my diet or looking at what I was drinking or looking at my training routine. Sometimes we have to delve uh, a little bit deeper to find out exactly what it is that's causing the problem. So a blood test in the maintenance section is something I'll really encourage you to consider. Uh, the other thing is um, strength and conditioning programs. Now, uh, obviously, we're not renowned for being the biggest and buffest athletes out there, but that doesn't mean that strength and conditioning isn't a really important part of what we do. Now, there's a, a lot of different thoughts, there's a lot of different ideas about the best way to structure your training, but I like to go out and I do three strength training sessions each week. So that's focusing on my core, it's focusing on my legs, my calves, my glutes, and I like to have a bit of strength through my arms and upper body as well. A lot of athletes say, but aren't I gonna put on weight? Aren't I supposed to just remain skinny? The, the good news with you as a distance runner is if you're, if you're pretty committed to your training program, if you're out there most days and you're running fairly uh, fairly consistently, fairly constantly, it is gonna be so hard for you to put on monster muscles that that's, that's one thing you're not gonna to have to worry about. I, I hate saying it because I always used to think I was so ripped and so muscular back in the days that I was running, but the truth is I look back at photos now and I go, wow, I was, I was lifting some weights and I really wasn't as big as what I thought I was. So uh, I would encourage you to, to get in, in touch with uh, you know a strength and conditioning coach. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of John Quinn. He's a, an Australian Olympic track coach. He's also, uh, he worked here in Australia with the Essendon Football Club uh, in the AFL from 1998 to 2008. And then he went up to the Greater Western Sydney Giants for, for six years and, and worked on the strength, conditioning and running side of the training 
with the boys there. So, uh, and, and he's one of the most helpful guys of all time. Anyone who reaches out to him from this podcast. In fact, it's not just from this podcast. It's from anyone from anywhere. He's just a great bloke. He's happy to help. So if you would like his details, uh, let me know. Shoot me a message and I'll, I'll hook you up with him because he's going to put together a, he'll put together a mighty fine strength and conditioning program that'll really help you. Uh, the other thing is just uh, touching base with physio. So there's no need for us to ever, you know, let a niggle go on for longer than it needs to go on. If you're feeling sore or if you're feeling tight or if you're feeling as though something's just a little bit off, um, touch base with a physio. There's a, a great physio here in, in Victoria, in Melbourne, if you're, if you're looking for one. Well, John Quinn's an option. He's in Sydney. Uh, Dean Huffer, who's been on the podcast, is another one from South Melbourne Spine and Sports Medicine. Uh, really high quality uh, physio. He knows the running scene back to front. He's got a real heart for, for athletes. His brother and he ran it at a really high level. So um, I would really encourage you to, to check Dean out if you, if you needed a little bit more help. I think just having someone um, who's not emotionally connected to your body and also has uh, has a really good understanding of the, uh, like what do you say? Not the... Yeah, the anatomy, the anatomy, the economy of how your body moves together is is going to be really helpful to you to, to iron out any little inefficiencies, pains and things like that yet, that you might have. Also, while we're on the subject of physios, I would encourage you to touch base with a podiatrist. So there's so many different kinds of feet out there, so many different kinds of running techniques out there. There's so many different kinds of... Uh, of requirements that each individual athlete needs. So if, if you're getting sore, um, not only through your feet, but maybe through your knees, I would encourage you to go to go to your podiatrist and, and suss out what it is that might be causing that. What kind of shoe is right for your feet? What kind of shoe is required for the style of running that you're doing? Do you need a little bit more support on the inner side of your foot? Do you need a little bit more support on the outside of your foot? Maybe you need a narrower shoe. Maybe you need a, a broader shoe. Uh, just spending a little bit of time and a little bit of money trying to find this out can can help you get out the door quite confidently when it comes to your running, knowing that what you're running in is uh, is is the kind of shoe that you need. Now, one more thing, and and this list in maintenance goes on forever. I guess what I'm about to say isn't so much maintenance, but um, I was thinking when I wrote this down in the maintenance section that uh, it can help you just monitor the progress of your training session. And that was getting yourself a decent watch. So for me, I was always quite basic. All I wanted to know was, uh, I didn't even focus on heart rate when I was running. I just went by how I felt. I thought, man, so many of the best athletes. I used to think of Deke. I was like, oh, surely a bloke like Deke didn't use heart rate monitors and stuff. I think it turned out that he actually did. But <laughs> but for me, I just preferred that real simple approach. Technology is not a strong point of mine, but I, because I'm not interested in it, I haven't needed to develop it, and I don't really want to. But for you, maybe the idea of just monitoring your training, seeing how much you've improved, seeing how your sessions are going, seeing what your heart rate was like, is something that actually helps you, um, you know, maintain a certain level of fitness. It can keep you accountable when you're supposed to be doing an easy run, but it also keep you accountable when you're supposed to be doing a hard workout. A hard workout. So, um, you know, Garmin's are really helpful tool to be able to uh, upload your stuff on to keep track of all of this stuff but the truth is there's a million different watches now that you can choose from so there's a few in the maintenance section as well uh, a couple more I, I think recovery is still so overlooked now if you've been listening to this podcast since it started uh, in 2019 you would have heard me speak so much about recovery that there's a good chance it's doing your head in but I cannot bang on about it enough because the truth is that so many of us I put myself in this category we suck 
at taking days off running so that we can just look after our body and care for niggles and give ourselves a chance to, you know, replenish what is uh, a fairly exhausting sport if we're not careful. So little things, maybe touching base with a bloke like Ryan Mannix, who's a yoga instructor or his girlfriend, uh, to talk about Ali McLean. So I blanked on a name for a minute there. Sorry, Ali. Ali McLean. Uh, uh, the, the yoga side of things, so Ryan Mannix, a yoga instructor here in Victoria, can help us not only strengthen, but help us recover, help us loosen, help us stretch our muscles in a really effective way. Ryan's a, he comes from a running background, or really, I think he ran like 30 minutes for 10K. It's quite a good runner, but you don't need, if you're not local, you don't need that one particular yoga instructor. Maybe you can go and find someone with an understanding of running, an understanding of yoga to help you strengthen and lengthen uh, those joints of yours that you're using on a daily basis. Little things like massage. I used to like the idea of getting a massage once a month when I was competing. Granted, when I was competing at a higher level, I was pretty much through uni, so I had no money. Um, (laughs) So I had to always go to sort of student uh, uh, masseuses, masseuses. Masseuses and masseuses, yeah, uh, they were about ten bucks. But man, I think it's worth investing in in a, in a decent masseuse just to be able to work their way through your muscles um, to help you just iron out any of that rubbish that can store up there. That was always a real plus to me. Uh, whenever I finished a massage, they're, they're like a they're like that good kind of pain. You know when you poke a bruise and you're like, oh that. That's probably a bad example because poking a bruise, I don't think is actually helpful for the recovery of the bruise. <laughs> but poking tight muscles, it's like a, it's that nasty pain, but you always get off the massage table and you're like, oh, that is exactly what I needed. The other thing that I'm a massive fan of, which is super simple, is, is just your classic rest day. Whether that's once a week or once a fortnight or once every 10 days is up to you, but I'd really encourage you to consider having a rest day. Maybe a rest day isn't a complete day off. If you're too obsessed with this sport and you just can't handle not running each and every day, maybe what you need is like a 15 to 20 minute jog just to turn the legs over, but to give your body the opportunity to make sure that all that work that you've been putting in is being absorbed and and just being taken in. The, the one thing you'll realize pretty quickly uh, if you're overtraining is that your fast sessions are, are no longer fast. I remember when I was training for the Melbourne Marathon 2018, um, I did a 30K long run on a Sunday with, with Craig Huffer, and uh, he's, a, he's a pretty fast runner. He's run like 336 for 1500, and he was running quick that day. We were operating at about like four minutes, sub four minute K pace for that run. And then for whatever reason, I thought it was a good idea to go out on the Tuesday and try and do eight by a K. And I remember that that first eight by a K, I think I hit in about three minutes, 17, when I was trying to do about 3.05. And I was like, okay, something's not quite right. <laughs> it took me a little bit to think, okay, Tice, you've done your, the longest run of your life on Sunday at a pace faster than you probably needed to. And as a result, I saw that massive decline in my performance on the Tuesday. So a session like that was unnecessary. What would have done me better was maybe a couple of easier days, a couple of more relaxed days, a couple of simpler days, just to let that harder, uh, faster run absorb into my legs. And not only would it have been good physically for me, it also would have been good mentally because I remember leaving that running session and being like, oh man, maybe I'm not in as good form as as what I thought. And it just plays on your mind for a couple of days. It's something else to to have to sort of try and counter or speak back to, which is which is fine, but it's just it's not ideal if you if you're trying to eliminate you know frustration from your running training. So take that day off, let the work absorb, let the work sink in, and uh, and, and watch how uh, significant, how beneficial that is to your running performance. It's a, a really important thing that too many of us ignore. Uh, the fifth thing, second last thing I wanted to tell you about, 
is, is, is you should get some technique coaching. It's no surprise, it's no coincidence that the best runner from the 100 meters to the marathon, look, you've got Usain Bolt, the world record holder over the 100 meters and 200 meters. Um, Van Neerkirk, I can't remember his name. I think he's South African or Venezuelan or something. The 400 meter world record holder is seamless when he runs. David Rudisha over 800 meters. Hisham El Garouj over 1500 meters. Uh, Kenanisha Bakili, is he still the world record holder for 5K? I'm not convinced he is anymore. I think Cheptegui might have got it. Maybe I'm making that up. I really need to go and check my running stats book. Um, uh, uh, Aliad Kipchoge over the marathon. All of these athletes, and same is true for the women, are seamless when they run. And the good news is with technique, now, whether whether you're naturally quite a smooth runner or whether you're someone who, you know, you might consider yourself a little bit clunky, a little bit all over the shop, you can make really significant adjustments if you know what you're looking for. So that's one of the benefits of being on board the Relax Running membership. If it's something that you're, you're keen on focusing about, visit the Relax Running website, check out the membership there. You and I can work one-on-one uh, with your running technique coaching from wherever you are in the world. There's a really simple way that we do it through uh, just getting some video footage of your running. And the good news is we can just go back and forth as much or as little as you like. So I just like to see you running at a, a slower pace, then running at a faster pace, finding out where you store tension, where it is that you're um, you know, wasting excess energy, finding out little ways that we can iron out that, that tension through your shoulders, tension through the neck, get you on the right angle so that we can get that propulsion going forward to the right degree. There's there's plenty of things that we can do. So if, if technique is something um, that you haven't spent a lot of time with in the past, really encourage you to check that out. I'd be more than happy to work with you on that. And the last thing, in fact, uh, everything I just say, I echo through point number five. If you haven't got yourself a, a coach or a mentor, I think this is such a crucial step uh, in improving your running performance, especially if you're new to the running scene. If if you're new to the running scene, one of the easiest things you can do is start overtraining because you get excited, you love the fact you're running, you love the fact you're improving, you love the fact you're seeing this progress. Uh, and as a result, too many of us do too much too soon and we end up just breaking our bodies down and needing more time on the sidelines than than what we want to have so i would really encourage you to to check out some different coaches if you'd like to work with me through the relaxed running membership i've got a heap of athletes on there that that i love working with um we we keep up to date on a weekly basis i write out the training for you i i, I help answer any of the questions any concerns any confusions for you and we really build and tailor a specific program suited on where you are in your running journey based on have you suffered injuries? What's your workload been like in the past? What are your stress levels like? We look at all of that. So don't guess your way through. If you haven't got a coach, if you haven't got someone to help guide your running, jump on board there because it's going to be such a significant improvement in uh, in in not only decreasing how much mental angst and stress that you feel about trying to put together a training program that you're confident in, but it just eliminates the confusion like anything. Um I've been I've been day trading now for about 12 months and it's incredible how many questions are just answered by someone in this scene who knows a little bit more about day trading than me. I'll spend a week going, oh my gosh, this is so confusing. This is so overwhelming. This is so frustrating. And then I give my mate a call who's been in it for about 12 months longer than me. And uh, and he goes, oh, Tice, this is, this is all you have to adjust. And it's like, oh, man, I can't believe how, how much easier that 
was than what I'd anticipated. <laughs> the same is true for running. Look, I've been in the sport now for, for over 20 years. So there's a number of things that I'm going to be able to help you with that you just might not be aware of. So you and I, if you'd like to work together from uh, you know structuring a training program to structuring a race program to helping you with recovery, I'm more than happy to help you out there. So jump over to relaxrunning.com. Shoot me a message if you've got a few questions about that before you jump on board. But, uh, but really enjoy helping you out and, and just know through having coaches myself throughout all of my running career how beneficial it is. So guys, there are just a few little thoughts for our Tuesday afternoon right here. Uh, I really hope that's helpful to you. I hope they help clarify any confusion or just give you some food for thought on how we can you know use things in and around our running to, to help complement our running training. So as I said, shoot me a message if you've got any other questions. But guys, that's enough from me this week. Enjoy the rest of your week. Happy training. And I'll see you all next week with uh, an interview. I've got some good ones coming up, so stay tuned. All right, big love to you guys. I'll see you soon.